0: You're listening to IAM Pulse, a podcast discussing all things identity access management from defending against cyber attacks and to enhancing your overall cybersecurity strategy. This podcast is brought to you by BioKey International, an innovative provider of flexible, secure access management and biometric identity solutions. We're sitting down to talk about the impact of identity
1: access management makes on you and your business. On this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Kashan Faseka, Director of Network Administration and User Technology at Newman University based out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Hi, Kashan, and thanks for joining me today.
0: Hi, Kim. Um, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. And um, Kashan, one thing I like to do is uh, before we dive into the content, just give our listeners a little bit of a brief introduction about yourself and some of your background and your IT experience.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm actually originally from Sri Lanka. Um, now I'm living in the U.S. Um, I'm in the uh, in, in IT industry almost 15 years. Uh, seven years in corporate and close to seven years in education. Uh, i came my i from the beginning i started up with the hardware and then moved to networking and then went to system administration and then from there to cloud and i'm also sharepoint administrator looking at the business processing uh, modules in that platform um, at, at at last my currently role is director of network administration and user technology at newman university
1: That's great. That's great. And, um, Kushan, I just found out a uh, fun fact about you, which is you currently speak three languages. Is that correct?
0: Correct. I speak three (laughs) languages. Uh, I speak uh, Sri Lankan, I speak English, and I also speak some uh, Tamil.
1: That's fascinating. And I then confess to you that I, I speak English. I think that's the best I could say that we... We've mastered over here on this side of the conversation, so <laughs> we'll keep it in English today, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you keep it in English, that will be comfortable to me too. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, and so, Kushan, great uh, background. Um, seems like you know you've done the hardware, software, cloud, SharePoint. I know you've gotten invested into you know the Microsoft uh, suite and products. Um, now, looking at Newman, uh, help our our listeners understand a little bit about the IT IT team that you manage. Um, and a little bit more of the structure of IT at Newman.
0: Yeah, so uh, Newman as uh, Newman doesn't have a big IT team. So uh, Newman, uh, com- uh, my overall team will be like 10 uh, 10 members. They um, they break into a two section. We have uh, uh, three members in network security and uh, administration side and the rest of the folks will be leading on the help desk side and helping the end user perspective um, mainly their uh, their day to day business uh, will be uh, helping the users and helping um uh, answering their questions in the educa- uh, IT field um and our in my team mainly I work with the network team uh, to talk about day to day security, uh, what's happening, how is our backups and infrastructure. It's not a lot big, uh, so um, mm-hmm. but the more productive I can see this more. If it's a bigger team, it will be less uh, productive. But with this small team, I'm very productive with my team.
1: Get a lot done with um, a small power team, right? Is is what. Yep. And then how about, um you know, one of the, the things I'm always curious about is uh, who then you report to or who uh, runs your IT department? Is it a CIO or do you have a, a chief information security officer at Newman? Uh,
0: we do not have a chief uh, security officer. Uh, currently, uh, I have a co-worker, John Bissinowski, who's working with me head to head with the uh, security perspective, um, me and him run security uh, very tight on, at Newman. Uh, I am actually, uh, I'm reporting to CIO uh, about me and that's, that's our uh, IT department. So that that's where we are, right?
1: Okay, yeah, and i, I you know curious because a lot of uh, education institutions out there don't have the dedicated CISO role. So uh, always always good to hear and, and everybody listening and if they have it or not. So um, uh, interesting structure. Um,
0: and so I'm, I'm sorry, I would uh, don't want to interrupt, but um, the, the benefit that wa- what I'm getting to is having seeing all the prospective is very beneficial to me and my team to make proper decisions. So being, being a, I'm wearing a security hat, the networking, the infrastructure, the help desk, that help actually to make the best decisions.
1: That's a great, yeah, that's actually a great point where, you know, actually in the commercial space or other industries, especially with large IT teams, I have heard conflicting priorities between IT and IT security, right? You'll hear that a lot where a CISO yeah. may want something, but CIO has other priorities that aren't security focused. Um, Correct. Yeah. So oh, that's a great point that you do. You have kind of the the entire bird's eye view, I guess, as we would call it.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: Um. <laughs> And Kashan, so, you know, you and I spoke a little while ago, um, and and since then, uh, we just did a white paper and some research on cyber attacks, specifically, you know, a lot of ransomware and phishing um, that are really going after the education sector. Um, you know, you're, you're boots on the ground, you're in it all the time. How do you perceive that threat, you know, on the education sector, and does that at all concern you enough and change your it priorities at newman
0: uh it does concern i mean if you're talking about security it concerned every second of every second uh, <laughs> and actually uh we if as a if, if it's an education industry if, if, if we co- we carry a lot of common things like your school system uh and uh, and also, what application—Word, Excel, PowerPoint—platforms and their own individual uh, LMS systems. And there are many, many systems they're using here and there. It can be more complicated when it comes to handling the security on those applications. Mm-hmm. So. That's been focused, you need to take a look at the big picture, uh, recent attacks and uh, account compromising, phishing and threats that all actually can be like a headache to many IT leaders. Uh, My my focus is putting all into one thinking pattern uh to see where where this all happening we can i mean today's the phishing attack you need to you need to struggle with educating your uh, members like especially in the education world, you can see like students. Most of the educations, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, the students are way advanced than your faculty and staff. So you have to more focus on where your weeks weakness are. So we we con- continue educating the faculty staff will be uh, very helpful to them. As well as you need to protect your application using some uh, uh, platforms uh, using using the common common um common security uh, protocols
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's that's where uh, we've more focusing on we have we have a currently one product at newman we currently use one product uh um, guard that which is that handles all our password headaches uh, also it handles our uh, application headaches so most of the ransomware uh, phishing attack or, or account compromise happening in the account level uh, using a product that we re- can rely on all those areas will help to help to anybody to to protect your application and your environment
1: hmm. and I, yeah that's it's interesting so we have the technology side on protecting applications um, and the the research that we we had come out um, the cybersecurity awareness uh, is interesting right because it it's pretty low right. in, a, in a lot of categories and I, I would say, you know, this is probably one of the first times where, especially with COVID and now we're all sitting at home and that's where we do our work, I'm now seeing ads for cybersecurity, which, you know, we didn't, I don't think we saw on TV very often before. And I find it, I love the saying you're you're pointing out to that students now are probably more cyber aware than your faculty and staff, right? Is that, that's kind yeah. of what I'm hearing you say? Okay.
0: Yeah, that, that absolutely, because um, if you provide a new technology to students, hey, we are using two-factor authentication, they're going to say, oh, no problem, we're going to use it. But if you're talking to uh, your faculty and staff member, we're using two-factor authentication, they will ask you what that is. Oh, don't make my password more complicated as it is right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. It's kind of like... Uh... Yeah, I can imagine the faculty and staff might be the ones that do the classic, you know, oh, I, I have them stored in a safe file. It's like, well, what's the file name? Uh, passwords.doc, you know,
0: it's like, yep, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, that may not be uh, or writing them down or, or other things like that. So, yeah, that's that's what we heard. And um, so you mentioned uh, what would you say the top attacks are that that you're most concerned with? I heard ransomware. Is that of a, a top concern?
0: Um, ransomware. We we pretty much we have an application control uh, uh, in place with the uh, with Microsoft product. Okay. We use um, AppLocker and also we monitor from our firewall which which who installing and what who has a permission to install the application, who's allowed to even launch the application. Uh, but that's a ransomware side and also uh, using. Uh, phishing attack, the account compromise is the bigger headache that we, uh, we're dealing pre- recently de- dealing with the account compromise. Um, uh, to prevent that, we we need to tackle all the system, like a single sign-on and uh, using um, multi-fa- uh, multi-factor authentication, using some authentication method uh, mm-hmm. actually will help us to uh, do that, uh, help us to eliminate those uh, phishing attack and account compromising.
1: Yeah, I have a, a kind of funny follow-on question for you. Uh, so is the goal to prevent a phishing attack or is it to prevent the spread of a phishing attack? Uh,
0: I, I think uh, every leaders will trying to prevent that first and yeah. eliminating that. Uh, it, it's, I think uh, that's our main goal, but starting with eliminating those will be the starting point, which might, what I thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's what I've heard. You know, we always do these phishing drills and tests and, you know, try to try to trick our uh, employees or users. And um, but ultimately, the assumption that I've heard is that it will happen at some point. Right. So how do you stop the spread of that account compromise once it has been compromised in the first place?
0: So. Um. Yeah, there are some, some you, you know, if you have, it depends on what type of attack, it depends on what kind of a, a, a threat, it depends on mm-hmm. kind of ransomware, so I, I don't have a clear answer to that particular question, but yeah. if you look at your infrastructure, you can actually plan out to being on the cloud, I, I recommend the cloud very much because mm-hmm. That's where your best buck is, uh, and uh, you will get more protection instead of where uh, you manually maintaining and uh, maintaining and controlling in on-prem.
1: Right, right, yeah. There's there's much more uh, damage that can be done if you have everything on premise. Um, and going to the, actually the cloud, uh, that was one of my other, you know, sides of the question in terms of the the dynamics that we're seeing in education. Um, you know, the rapid adoption of new technology and cloud services uh, to really support that shift to the remote learning that we saw as a result of the pandemic and continue to see. Right. It's not something that's over. Um, Did you also have that rapid expansion and need for new technology at Newman? And how did that change or impact any of your IT and IT security priorities?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a bigger change to us, uh, even uh, uh, even before pandemic, we had the conversations, hey, we would like to move to the cloud, but it wasn't that much uh, a, like a financial offices, like they wanted, they don't want to technically mainly IT budget uh, run by CapEx, not like operational budget apex. So they are more more of a like, you know, dragging their feet to go into the cloud or that's going to be your operations going to be uh, uh Apex. So, um, then with the pandemic it actually changed their mind. Now we need to be there, and they re- they know the security risk. And we at Newman, uh, our finan- uh, CFO uh, um, actually decided to invest money on going to the cloud. Hmm. Uh, that okay. actually uh, gave us a big boost. And that's a that's a financial uh, point, but in the IT point we actually have to think about all our applications what applications we use what applications we uh, we have with the uh, uh, each platform uh, we currently using uh, microsoft azure and uh, nothing wrong with the uh, aws and you know google cloud if you're in that platforms uh, if you uh, but mainly the challenge we had at newman how are we moving these application to the cloud uh, and how are we maintaining our security when you're moving to the cloud do we have to use their authentication or uh, protocols that we if we move to the cloud so uh, you 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 might re- you might facing a lot of security uh, issues and uh, you have to th- change the way you think about the security when you're moving to the cloud uh, with that overall um, i my my vision at newman is i don't want to I, I wanted to increase the security if I move to the cloud. So uh, some of the challenge we had with some application is you have to decrease the security, but it's in the cloud. But then you, what you're going to do with the, all the you, how to protecting it? So having a team member that has that knowledge with, without breaking that security to be on the cloud is very helpful. Like uh, my 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 uh, coworker John Wisniewski is he's actually uh, great on uh, looking on those security holes when you're moving applications and also you don't want to break you you still need to maintain your uh, student HR codes student profiles and um, as well as the um, the authentication model and uh, with some uh, we have uh, currently we are using portal guard and with that product we we did not have to uh we didn't have to change any any authentications we maintain our all the security the exactly way it is it's tight and we add some extra layer of security uh, top on it uh, by using uh, azure proxy to provide provide a better protection to the application
1: interesting yeah and i i love that saying that you have to think about security Differently in the cloud right it it produces new challenges. It produ- produces also some you know cost savings and productivity savings But it is a different uh, Situation altogether that you have to think through uh, Correct. the nuances of it just out of curiosity when the CFO you know said okay, we really need to move to the cloud and obviously in a I would assume a rapid uh, time frame. Was security at the table in the conversations to do that, or was it um, brought to you, your, you and your team after uh, the decision was made, how, how did um, that
0: happen? I think uh, with my, especially with my CFO, uh, security wasn't his main concern. Uh, uh, the more concern about him is the flexibility uh, that he, what he is trying to get. Um, because, uh, we have, we saving the, his whole vision is to how to save the cost. Um, I get his point. And also if, as an IT, IT, being IT field for 15 years, I understand the, how important the security is. Mm-hmm. So, um, with his vision, we, we, after we move to the cloud, we able to move our, all the on-prem servers, uh, off to the cloud and we have a. uh, Security server, uh, our firewalls also on the cloud as well. Um, that helped to eliminate some overcosts, like uh, air conditioning on the server room. We don't have to spend a lot of money on the like devices. Got reduce the power from them, the heat. That's good for the eco uh, ecosystem as of right now at Newman. And also the the more for my team is a less maintaining. So mm-hmm. we don't go touch the um, the servers to maintain itself updating and all we have to do is just to keep up with the technology it's not easy but it's a, it's a great challenge and which my team is very adapting to that model right now it's it's uh, as of uh, as of as of old person like in been 15 years ago or 10 5 years ago or 10 years ago we do not have we did everything on prem uh, but Adapting to these ongoing changes, you just need to keep focus on what you what you need to do, and uh, you know what's coming with the security. What are the new features? How we can integrate that to our existing system? How we can adapt that to the user? So that's that's my um, that's my main mainly goal with as of right now with my team is to let them, hey, um, the Azure Cloud is rapidly changing and adding more system and adding more uh, things to their products. So let's keep up with this and uh, and let, that way we will be head over with the security. We will be able to integrate those new systems with our products and so forth.
1: Mm, yeah, so new. New challenges, new overhead on your team, but um, at least what I've heard argued is is potentially more effective and more uh, impactful, right? Versus patching vulnerabilities and maintaining server rooms and, you know, balancing the costs of that. Um, You're now staying kind of on that leading edge of the the security that's available um, and readily available, right, from the, the cloud perspective.
0: Yes. Yes. Actually, especially if you have Exchange Server uh, recently, you probably heard everybody heard about this uh, Exchange vulnerabilities. Right. If you're on prem uh, I highly recommend to move to the Microsoft Cloud or any any cloud, if what it based on the what you have. We uh, we have Exchange, so we 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 had a, like a hybrid module. So nothing wrong with the hybrid module too, but mm-hmm. uh, there are some some challenges you will face with the hybrid module is uh some of the things you're trying to do in hybrid you cannot do because it's only available in cloud so those challenges you will face daily basis so uh, nothing new and that means the that, oh that's in do I have to use the cloud, I cannot use the hybrid? Oh, then you, you're completely down. Um, so don't think like that, but you, you if you look at the big picture uh, in any cloud provider, they always focus on mainly the hybrid module, and then you it will provide you a step to be in the cloud module. Uh, that's that's what they're doing if you, um, in, in the example world, uh, just to give you the full picture, what kind of a challenge we faced with the uh, going to cloud is having a DNS server in the cloud. Uh, some of the uh, mentioned, uh, we cannot, some of the product we have in the cloud, we cannot use our on-prem DNS. We need to have a cloud domain services. So. Mm-hmm we'd really need a domain services. Can we integrate our application with the, in this example, our printing application, universal printing, we're trying to implement that. So we, because of the hybrid module, module we faced so many issues that we cannot be in the Cloud. Right. But we thought about, okay, of course, it will cost more money to, little bit money to be on Azure domain services, and we spend that, but we reduce the, Money by eliminating 10-15 printers. So you have to really think about the big picture. Where you, where you, you need to spend money to save money. That's my whole thing about (laughs) hybrid modules. So it's it's all about how do you look at the picture and which direction.
1: Right, right. Was that the pitch to the the CFO? We have to spend money too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I think uh, more of a CFO. Um, I don't know. That that just came from me. He didn't.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know you make a great point too. That's why we don't say you know just jump to the cloud. It's called a cloud migration, right? Because it yeah. doesn't, it definitely doesn't happen uh, overnight. Um, yeah,
0: and yeah. also I'm I'm sorry I have to say that my CFO is very good uh, with the financial too. As you know, when when he's 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 giving me full full flexibility. That's that's the one benefit I am having. Right. Uh, like you you can educate your. Your CFO and you know financial officers to be like, hey, you, I understand you're very concerned about the money, but this is what we can do. Actually, you need to show them a picture, like you. Ha- If you you didn't show them a picture because they don't have a technology background, show them and teach them if you're spending money over here now, this is where you're saving money. So you always have to look at the other side. You cannot just, uh, as a director, I cannot look at the, oh, we need to be in the security. We need to, if you do something, show them, here's the end result.
1: Right, right. And I think, you know, last time we talked, uh, you know, I called it geek speak, which, you know, maybe somebody likes, somebody doesn't. But um, that's a lot of times why IT has a hard time communicating to the business to say, no, no, this is the business value that it will bring us, right? If you just told yeah. them, hey, we can't be on a cloud-based DNS and we need to move to Azure, it's like you're speaking um, one of the other languages, right? It just doesn't, right. it doesn't compute for uh, the business side. So um, I remember Absolutely. you saying that. That's a great tip for people that are are listening in. Um, and Kashan, so uh, just on, you know, we've talked about risks, we've talked about uh, technology adoption and changes. How about anything uh, more specific to IAM? So I am, um, you know, I always think of kind of three relative areas, you know, multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, and and self-service password reset. Anything uh, high-level there that are key projects? Um, as you move into this year or even into the next you know few years that you think are critical for Newman?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was the one of the critical uh, stage when I started at Newman. Uh, uh, we had a three a, a student and faculties are using three, four passwords and three uh, to get into each system. So that was the one of the biggest thing we need we had, biggest challenge we had to how we can, condense and how we can provide one username and password this is almost four or five years ago mm-hmm. uh, and then then at the same time the time passed we we had a um, we had a security breach a couple of years ago about you know oh, giving the student giving their username and password to some students so that's another another issue yeah. with key field We uh, we even though every semester, when every semester start, we have like a whole line of uh, students are waiting and to change their password. That's kind of a extra manpower right there that we have to deal with. This is all five five years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I when I when I look it up and when when I start at Newman and that was one of my challenge. How can I get rid of uh, this whole big line of student waiting on each semester to get the password? At the same time, I have to think about how can I bringing all the application the access to the Newman to into one place, mm-hmm. and and then from there, that's my first two goal. And then I have to think about how can I provide the two factor authentication, user validation, and uh, and so forth. So that that was the one of the uh, identity access management that that we have right now is Portal Guard help. To do that because mm-hmm. uh, it it it's a single glass of single sign-on and uh, self-service password reset so we are no longer uh, have to students or faculty don't longer have to call to the help desk and uh, change their password and if they call by accidentally they don't they you know um, they have their phone they, they don't have that cell phone number anymore but they can call the help desk and uh, change the password and we have a user validation method using that platform and uh, that's not staying there but beyond we think that platform we can go for a two-factor authentication, we can do uh, validation uh, that help us to uh, eliminate the account compromise, that help us to having credential or identity going to the hackers info, uh, into a hacker's hand. And uh, that that helped us big time at Newman, actually. Um, that's where we are right now. And also giving finding a product like uh, Portal guard uh, will help to To go where you wanted to go. Does that help us, especially Newman? Doesn't matter. You're moving to the cloud. You're a hybrid. That solution is fit right into that module. So that that kind of a took off my overhead uh, overhead headache. That oh, if we move to the cloud, how can we still maintain and manage our IAM? So that's kind of a that's kind of a. Kind of a luck, I guess, I can say, but uh, it's uh, it's a finding your right tools to uh, to accomplish what you want to do, and seeing the bigger picture to the future will help uh, down the road. So mm-hmm. students are very happy with the single sign-on; they only have one password, and hackers are probably sad because we are asking validating to their to uh, secondary email address and uh, phone number before they log in every three months, mm-hmm. uh, and uh being flexible to implement multi-factor authentication using that platform is the another another benefit to us actually we are in the middle of doing that as of right now mm-hmm. uh, you can do it on a couple of different ways the multi-factor authentication taking off the end user um, the the comfortable level like uh, oh I have to log into every time I have to look at my phone or I have to get an authentication code that's kind of a kind of a breaking uh, point for them but what we did is as a uh, we are implementing as of right now if you're on campus we will not ask you to do the two-factor authentication but you off campus if you're not on a campus network you are required to do the two-factor authentication so the giving you you have to look at the user side as well as the security that's that's the one of the bigger challenge in in any industry. With the education, having a single sign-on and self-password pa- self reset is, you have to concern that it as your number one priority.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I think, um, I'm so happy to hear you're doing kind of that contextual based, right, like on campus, off campus. I think, you know, that's also kind of that future where it's not just the factors that are provided but it's actually getting into the context or the behavioral data uh you know around the the access um yeah you know but yeah that's that's why I've always thought I am kind of this this three-legged stool right and as we always say without one of them it doesn't really work so well so uh you kind of have to have all pieces um
0: yeah and also uh, I have to mention that if you're like uh we have uh, as of right now most of the uh, or the campus they're using key at the dormitories so we are actually looking into a way that how we can replace that key from each student so that we're using the card swipe and uh, uh, using the biometrical uh, technology at newman as well so we are stepping into it's it's not easy mm-hmm. um, especially in education mm-hmm. um, they always look like a why how, is, is that going to be a convenience um, mm-hmm. Yes, of course, it's it's going to be a convenience, and uh, uh, because students more students are more like to have that comfort level. So if you're using your fingerprint, get into your door room. I think they will be loved, They they can be more appreciate They can be more happy with that. Right. I, I and on the
1: security side, they can't they can't necessarily share their fingerprint, which is also good for your team. <laughs> um. And Kashan, so just uh, you know, one final um question i wanted to kind of ask you is what advice you know maybe just let's just let's just hone it down to one what's one tip that you would give uh, other it leaders such as yourself that are are listening in from the education sector
0: um yeah one advice i can give you is don't forget about the security put the security on always mm-hmm. uh, your top top topic um and uh, when you implement the security, uh, look for a cloud. Look for all the applications that you use um, that can be more convenient to the end user. Because if you make it a more difficulty, they will not use it. So you have to you you have to really concern about um, what you're trying to do and look for all the application. Look for look for look for every possible scenario that that can. Take your system can be compromised from a security level, and uh, keep the cloud to to the top.
1: Right, right. So cloud, I love the the point. Think about uh, security always first, and kind of differently in the cloud. And sounds like make it convenient, right? Uh, I think users appreciate yeah. it when security is convenient. Um, and so. Absolutely. Yeah, and and so, Kushan, that is all the time we have for now. Um, Thank you again for joining me uh, to give really that firsthand perspective about what it's like to navigate cyber risk, as well as these user expectations that are are really changing our cybersecurity requirements for educational institutions. Um, You know, you've you've really uh, shed some light on the firsthand perspective, uh, which I know our listeners appreciate. Um, Anyways, that wraps up today's episode of IAM Pulse. Thank you for listening to our show. If you are interested in learning more, uh, please check out our new white paper on cybersecurity and education by visiting our resource center on biokey.com. You can join us next time to learn more about IAM and how to secure identity the way that you want. Talk to you soon.